ghetto, the backyard, the yard. I sell it with one whip. It's off the hard. What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in Tyler, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado, people up in the Shy City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You're tuned in here to the Friday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. If you know what you want to talk about, you know the rules. It is open phone lines. The only thing we ask you to do is to call during the breaks and be patient during the long segments and breaks. And we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also... Keep in mind, if you need to reach out to me via Twitter, you can do that at SportsGrind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave comments, um, and I'll read those on air in real time or I'll respond to them later, you can log on to the Facebook uh, business page of Sports Grind Entertainment, or you can log on to my personal page and leave comments. And like I said, I'll respond to those on air in real time or get to them later. And also keep in mind, if you ever miss any of the shows live, you can always download the podcast 365, seven days a week. And um, keep in mind also, if you are in a market that doesn't carry a terrestrial radio wise or you're traveling or you're having technical difficulties as well, listening to us through your other means of devices, you can also log on to sportsgroundonline.com where you can click the play button and you can listen to us live there. 877-37-GRIND. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. All right, man. So let's see what we got to end the week strong. Um, it is Friday, so you know we're going to be heavy football intensive. Not so much of really college. Uh, you know, wait till probably get into that more of next week, uh, you know, before we uh, kind of get ready to break for the holidays. Um, and just I haven't really mentioned it this week, but just to start mentioning it because, and again, not everybody gets to listen to every day. Uh, we'll be with you live all the way up until that Thursday before Christmas. Um, and then through that Thursday, through that Thursday, yeah, up to through the Thursday of Christmas a week. And then we'll be off that Friday and we won't be coming back until uh, after the first of the new year. So we'll be off really over a week, a little bit over a week um, on the airwave. So I'll start, you know, reminding y'all of that daily. So when you don't tune in after the holidays or after Christmas, you don't hear us and you just might hear some regular programming someday, best of some days you might think, well, what the hell happened? Well, taking a uh, extended holiday vacation. Usually it's nothing new in my format that uh, in my schedule, but this year I think it's a little bit because we usually have come back, you know, and split up days between those back-to-back Christmas and the New Year's. But this this year I just decided, like, you know what, we'll just go ahead instead of chopping it up, we'll just take off a whole over, over a week and come back. So there's what that is. Um, other than that, uh, we definitely got some things we got to take care of. Uh, this week and day. So, no, we'll be heavy football NFL as well. Of course, we've got to uh, kick off week 15 that we did last night. And we've got some fallout from that as well. Everybody knows by now uh, the Chargers have made a coaching and general manager move. So we'll definitely get into that. Plus, last night. Also, we'll definitely be previewing some games this weekend. There's quite a few that are on my radar. Um, we'll definitely be getting to that uh, here shortly. Uh, Denver is on uh, schedule tomorrow. You know, we kick off this Saturday uh, end of the year schedule where you start having some games on Saturday. 
and that kicks off tomorrow. And we have a triple header tomorrow, which we'll look at those games as well. Uh, also, uh, NBA, uh, definitely NBA continues to roll on. Um, we'll get into uh, a couple NBA off the court news now that we've had some player reaction, especially out of the Bay and head coach reaction to Draymond's uh, suspension. I wanted to give my thoughts on that um, as well of them losing last night to the Clippers, which, hey, Tyron Lou, you know, remember I said, let's say a prayer for him because of the James Harden situation, but Tyron Lou is in his bag right now. So we'll circle around to that. Also, uh, didn't really have it on the docket, but Otani got a chance to meet with the uh, media. Of course, he was introduced yesterday as a Dodger. Um, you know, it was interesting to um, hear some of his comments and thoughts about the, you know, decision and why. And, you know, uh, now it's being leaked out, which I don't know how much of it's true, but supposedly the Angels had an opportunity to match um, and the owner um Declined. Now, it depends on if you want to believe those sources or not. I could see that, uh, but I know that's being floated out there. Also, I had it in the docket, too. I know Jonah stays on top of this, and we do have a fo- uh, boxing and a UFC world, but it, did I hear that? Is Jake Paul fighting again this weekend? Jonas, is that correct? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay. Now, this do we know who it is? All I know is that this guy is another – this guy's actual a past professional fighter as well, too, or maybe he's still currently – a professional boxer. So that I do know, but I don't know exactly who this is that he's fighting. But I was like, wow, that's crazy. The reason why I brought it up and wanted to ask a firm, because usually on Jake Paul fight weekends, you start hearing about it, you know, during the week. And then it just came across my radar, you know, early this morning. I was like, Jake's fighting this weekend? Um, yeah, he's fighting Andre August, um, who's an actual boxer. So. Okay. And he's not retired, but he's actually a boxer in a certain weight class. So it's not a former professional boxer, but it's actually a boxer that still has active status. The okay. most experienced one he's faced. Okay. All right. Um, I will have to admit that, you know, I'm still not fond of this whole situation in regards to what it has spawned off to um, and some of these other, you know, other athlete, former slash UFC guy fights. I'm not a big fan of this, but I will admit that, you know, actually after seeing that documentary on Jake Paul in regards to the boxing thing, I had kind of knew a little bit about him and his brother on the whole social media come up. But actually showing and seeing the documentary that shows really what his passion is in regards to trying to prove people wrong with this sport. I mean, I mean, I'm not I'm not buying any of his fights. I'm not going to go watch this fight tonight or tomorrow, whenever it is. But it has gained a little bit more respect it's tonight. It's tonight, yeah. He's gained a little bit more respect from because I think it's it's beyond the bag now. It's beyond collecting the bag. Of course, he's doing that as he goes. I mean, he's consi- I mean, I would consider him a marketing genius as well. Uh, you know, one of the top marketing gurus uh, in the country at the time. The way he's marketed himself and really put himself in this profession, like force kick the door down. Uh, but this is more than just the bag now. Now I think he's really out to prove how far he can take this. Um, on a professional level, you know, so we'll see. I'll pay attention to you come Monday for the results. I'm, I know I'll probably see him by this weekend or how it went, but what do you got? Well, we do have real boxing going on, too, and one okay. that, one of note is uh, Bam Rodriguez, San Antonio's own, Okay. Um, tomorrow looking to defend his WBO flyweight and claim um, Sonny Edwards' IBF flyweight title. So we got another cat out of the 2-1-0 that's doing this thing. 
Well, he's been doing Marlos. his thing for a minute. I know, but the other kid, the other guy seems like he gets most of the shine the recent, the one that um, Mar- had number. Mario's yeah. been on the rebound since losing to Tank. I mean, he won his last uh, title fight. Uh-huh. Um, Barrios did, but but Bam is okay. Climbed the ladder to the okay. top. All right. Um, also, uh, so yeah, we've got that to circle around and get to. We'll try to get most of it. We'll see. I'll see if we can get to the foundation picks before we get out of here. Uh, if not, you know, I'll encourage you to follow me on Twitter. Or go ahead and make sure you're following me on Facebook, the personal page of my Facebook, because I'll share those um, tomorrow or Sunday morning. Um, that way, if we don't get to them today. So make sure you uh, you do that. Might want, want to coming off of, uh, you know, a 12 and two uh, two week stretch here. Very impressive. You don't talk um, about a perfect game count. Huh? Well, I know you kind of ju- you kind of j- jinxed it when you came in here on Monday before the game. I thought about that. We were like, "Hey, tonight you almost had a perfect card." I was like, "Yeah," but I knew that that yeah. Well, first of all, I knew I normally don't. You know, spreads that are like six and a half, like kind of how that Green Bay was giant, especially on the road. I usually don't have those type of numbers on the card, but you know, I've kind of looked at the the matchup, the the momentum Green Bay had, and really, you know, not knowing what Giants team's going to show up or if the DeVito, Danny DeVito's brother was going to eventually run out of luck, you know, and no, he's not really, no, he's not related to Danny DeVito, but I think of that every time I hear his name. Um, so yeah, we'll see if we can, um, keep it going, at least stay above, uh, 500. Um, but well, yeah, we'll see if we can get to those before we get out of here. Or like I said, I'll get those out tomorrow morning or Sunday morning. But with all that said, uh, we are going to start with the National Football League um, in regards. Oh, for, for that, one other side note I just had, and I can throw that out now because we had not spent too much time on it, but came across my radar. Um, the University of Alabama has hired George Halo, uh, which is former Michigan's linebackers coach of 2021-2022. Decided to hire him this week. Um, look, you know, to me, I look at this as, um, of course, you can read this or what it is, whether it's, you know, saying the timing of this when you're getting ready to play Michigan here pretty soon, 4-1 matchup, and what entail. This is a guy that's been around the program, whatever. Uh, definitely, I'm pretty sure that's something to do with it. But I think it's also with Nick – and the way he operates is the fact that um, he tries to give any chance he gets to try to do what other people do to him, and he'll do it. Because this isn't the first time he's done this. Now, maybe the timing of this this close might be, but he figures, he figures that his staff gets pillaged off almost every year. And people try to take the sauce away. Now, regardless what intel he can get, but it's one of those just probably borderline a troll move and another one to say, okay, I'm going to do it just because I can to make you think on that way. Because the timing of it is – you know, no coincidence, but I just wanted to throw that out there that I thought that was that was interesting for uh, them to make that decision. But with that said, we can get to the pros. So we got week 15 up and going last night and it got going in the desert, which saw both teams in the AFC West coming into this game five and eight apiece. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. Go check the podcast. And one of the things when I talked about this game was we had two franchises that were in a similar boat and both of them at a crossroads of their situations. And when you look at last night, the uh, Raiders were rocked the Chargers to the tune of 63 to 21 okay 
Um, and the result of that this morning, uh, Staley, the head coach, has gotten quite a bit of his run on this particular program over the last two, two and a half years and has also fired um, their general manager uh, as well to uh, to boot. Now, in regards to before I get to the future of the Chargers or what it might look like or what I think this is going to entail, uh, last night watching that game, for the most part, that I stayed in there with it, um, this was because I witnessed both of them, okay? I witnessed the 70-point total that Miami put up on Denver out at South Beach, MMIAO, and then I saw this one. And let me tell you, after witnessing both of them, in my opinion – even though they were seven points shy, this this one seemed a little bit worse. I mean, they were both bad, but this one, you know, first of all, you got to put it in context. Is What makes it so bad um, is this is a team, speaking of the Raiders, that got shut out last weekend at home in the same stadium uh, by the Minnesota Vikings, who also played that game with a backup quarterback. Also, what makes it look worse is the fact that there, or in my opinion, it felt worse is because this is also a backup quarterback that you allow to do this to you, even though you're coming in the game, speaking of the charges as a backup quarterback. Um, and the way they did it, it was like, you know, it was just nonstop. It even seemed worse than that. I mean, you know, you go back to that Miami game, it was like big plays. You look at that, that's, you know, that's Waddle, Tyreek Hill, too. I mean, come on, Daniels. That was one of those like, wow, an NFL really team did this. Walking into this game, Nobody and their mom thought what we witnessed last week in the desert by the Raiders, that they were capable of putting up 63 points in anybody. And when I see that, especially the first quarter, the, the thing that tilted me over was the two or three straight fumbles that they gave up. One on special teams, one on the running back, receiver, whatever it was. It's just three straight possessions. And when I saw that, I said, you know what? I wonder if they're really trying to – they just laying down because they want this guy out of here. You know, I mean, that's one thing that if we want to really, you know, compare and sometimes I make references of copycat leagues and, you know, back and forth from marketing stuff, jerseys and all the stuff. NFL, NBA goes back and forth. I will tell you that that's one thing that I know that the NFL, you know, there's a lot of things the NBA has from a player standpoint over control that NFL players wish they had. You know, first of all, the obvious, the guaranteed contracts. Um, number two, just the control of where you would like to play. Like if you didn't want to play here, I demand to go in and play there. A lot of NFL guys would love to have that type of uh, pool, but they don't. And I don't think they ever will because the owners have, you know, way more control. But there's one thing I will tell you that I feel that they have over NBA player because NBA, you know, the superstars can sit there and say, I don't want to play with that coach. You know, this and you'll go through this whole thing. The first thing is that I want traded. I want to be out of here. NFL players have the ability that if you have really lost that locker room and nobody's really believing you, um, they can get you fired and they can make the purpose. Keep in mind, this is a national televised game. Kind of. I know it was on Amazon stream, but it's the only show in town. So it was a solo solo game. There's no other games. And usually this is when an embarrassment or a team just decides to like, you know what, we're not feeling this. Uh, you can go speaking of the Denver, you can go back to last year, the Christmas Day game between the Rams and Baker Mayfield coming off the airplane that just embarrassed Denver and Nathaniel Hackett. He was axed. Um, <clears throat> go other situations take place. This is one of those same thing. You know, it's a standalone game. 
Um, it is what it is. And there all, there was already some negative momentum going into this, speaking of the Chargers and Staley. And that was just a total embarrassment. So it was not a shock, I think, to anybody. Uh, to me, you know, one of the things this is going to entail and tell the truth on is Dan Spano, the owner, which I've been telling everybody that I believe this process where they're at right now is going to tell me a lot about the Chargers and that ownership group and how much do they really want to win. Knowing that they're already up against it, like I've been preaching since Monday, coming in here after their game against Denver in L.A. last week, it's, in my opinion, it's never going to work in L.A. I mean, they're up against the hill. I don't care if it's Hibbert, your quarterback. And when I say work, like you can win. I mean, if they can get the higher right and the GM right, they can turn that around. Now, it's going to be tough because, like I said, they're already up against it. There's two Hall of Fame coaches in that division. So who are you really going? You you got to really go into the pockets and be willing to spend in that in that you know regards. Which I'll get more into that when we get back. But that was just a total embarrassment last night. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing. Spin the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one on twos on this R&B Friday, 877-37-GRIND. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. Keep in mind, if you're looking to check out what's the latest new products they have in for the holiday season, or you already know what they have, but they, you just want to deliver straight to your doorstep, uh, don't forget about SpecsOnline.com because the fun starts here. That's Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and official partner of the Dallas Cowboys, which we'll get to here shortly. Eight seven seven three seven grind. All right, so diving into it um, here. Um, so back to last night and the fallout this morning. Um, look, 
you know, um, this is really going to tell a lot what I've been preaching for the last couple years, at least um, to my audience is telling y'all the truth of my opinion, which is not only mine. There are a lot of people that covered the NFL circles will tell you the same thing. Um, the Spano family, Dean Spano, he's the owner of the Chargers. Dean and his family has been known to be very frugal and cheap. Okay. Um, to be honest with you, if this game, if they hadn't got beat the way they did, and I will tell you, even if this game wasn't on national television or really the the sole game in town, let's just put it this way, because I know everybody ain't, ain't, ain't subscribing to Amazon. Um, I think that they really just ride it out to week 18 and do it, do them in that way. Because the one thing that they have a reputation for, they hate paying coaches to go away and be at home. And so that's the reason why I felt that they would eventually just let him ride out. But when you get embarrassed like that, um, it's obvious some changes got some, you know, there's some heads that got to roll. Because if not, even a frugal and fragile fan base or whatever, whatever amount you got in L.A. that actually shows up to Chargers home games and and represent with their powder blue. You have to, if you don't do anything after the day, then it just shows like, you know, we really don't give a damn about anything. And, you know, and it's crazy because, you know, I've been doing this a long time and I've even noticed even this, this is a guy that, you know, I have been on his ass pause for like the last two, two and a half years, just talking about his game management, his going for it on four down, you know, coaching like he's playing Madden on PS2 uh, or PS5, where we're at now, six or whatever the hell it is. But the reality of it is, I guess as I've gotten older, like part of me has the sympathy part a little bit. The fact like because at the end of the day, I think there are families involved. Like there is, you know, a fact that they got to wake up. I mean, you could just look at him as the game was going on. <clears throat> you know, he looked like it was a dead man walking. Um, but, you know, I don't know if he's got kids or how many if he's married. But then you're talking about moving kids. It's the holiday season. Christmas is less than weeks away. Uh, you know, you talking about them get a kid in school. So there's that, you know, element that I can say that maybe I don't know if I'm getting soft or whatever, because I know media and, you know, fans are firing, firing. Well, but at the same time, with all that said, they know what they sign up for. And Staley has been a little bit arrogant to the media and condescending when, you know, talking about his decisions or his job security. So he's young. I mean, if you look at it, this is less than three years that he's gotten with the Chargers, and that's what I've been saying in the NFL. As a head coach, man, you really got at the maximum, you know, two and a half to three three years, if that, to really show improvement to do. This is how impatient everybody is, fan bases, media members that cover teams. It's just the reality where we're at. You know, I you know I'm old enough to grow up and been in the era to where coaches. You're talking about hey, if you if you got stuck with a coach and you didn't like him as a fan base, you were probably going to have to ride it out him with him for at least four years. Okay, four years. If you go back to the early '90s, um, even in the late '80s, you know you would probably say and they haven't done a study on it. Average of those coaches back then, minimum I think was at a stop for four years before there was a change, unless there was something drastically circumstantial health wise or other reasons that you just had to let them go. But now we're so far from that. You're talking about three years, you know, max. And if it's horrible, 
I mean, there was an article, I think it was either on USA Today or either SI did it, I came across earlier this week or last week. They were fearful that we're getting in the situation where we're getting coaches that are one and done because that trend is, you know, picked up. Nathaniel Hackett, okay, you know, even though Frank Wright wasn't a rookie coach, but Frank Wright, you know, so it, it, it's a tough business. Now, going forward – well, I'm going to end on this note with this particular situation because I've got two points. I want to get to the Raiders. I've got really one question with them. But with the charges going forward, we're really going to know where Dean Spano's head's at because, because of the landscape in the AFC, okay, because of the coaching landscape, and you already know the Raiders, which I'll get to that in a minute, possibly could be in for a new coach as well, too. But if you are the Chargers and you're staring at a division that already has Andy Reid that's been running the division and you have Sean Payton that just now getting his feet wet, might be on the verge of taking his team that's not really even his team, his players, his system that he really wants to win, run with, getting a playoff spot and possibly finishing second in the division. So if you're the Spanos, if you're Dean Spano, Let's look at the starting list. I mean, I know everybody's high on my man in Detroit, the offensive coordinator uh, in Detroit. He, he's going to be a hot – that brother's going to be a hot candidate. Uh, but if you're the Spanos, in my opinion, you got to start with picking up the phone. you got to look at a bill if he still wants to coach and say if you're going to give him, you know, some control. You, you're starting in at, at least in the foot in the, in the ball game. Uh, you got to at least – if it's not – you got to go to a hard ball. And see, like, hey, or is there interest there? Whatever. You got to go big game hunting. But the a lot of people don't believe Dean Spano is going to pay the money for those particular type of coaches. But they have waited. They've made some bad decisions. There's reports out there that Sean was interested in the job. But I think once he would have met with the ownership, and Sean knows every owner there is in the NFL on the haves and the have-nots more than even I do. But there are reports that people feel that Sean was interested in the job because of the quarterback situation. So you really missed out on that if he knew. Because if he really was, his people reached out to y'all. It was just like, no, nah, we're good. We ain't paying that. Or, no, we're good with Staley. You missed out on that. Okay, and keep in mind, this is the same organization that really totally, in my opinion, disrespected Anthony Lynn, that Anthony Lynn did not even get really the opportunity that Staley did with this particular type of ta talent to even go on this, you know, on to, to wait and patient and be able to coach like this and all that. Um, this roster is not as good as a lot of people think. I mean, there's a lot of people in the media that think, oh, well, this is a good roster, the quarterback. I don't know about that. Khalil Mack is having a good season, but he's long in the tooth. You know, uh, Keenan Allen's going to deserve to stay on. I mean, he's Charger royalty when it comes to players that have played in there. So I don't think he's going to be – I think he's going to finish his career as a Charger unless he wants out. But the roster is not as good as what people think, and that is the reason why I think the GM had to go too. What do you got? I think they have there's some strong pieces, but I, I want to uh, give you Spanos's words because he did make a statement, of course, with the firing. And then uh, I've got two candidates for you. Uh, but Spanos said uh, through the Chargers on Twitter today, I want to thank Tom and Brandon for their hard work, dedication, professionalism, and wish them both and their great families nothing but the best. These decisions are never easy, nor are they something I take lightly, especially when you consider the number of people they impact. We are clearly not uh, where we expect to be, however, and we need new vision. Doing not, uh, nothing in the name of continuity was not a risk I was willing to take. 
Our fans have stood strong through so many ups and downs and close games. They deserve more. Frankly, they've earned more. Building and maintaining a championship caliber program remains our ultimate goal, and reimagining how we achieve that goal begins today. So there's his words. Um, you know, of course, when you're an owner, you got to speak with your checkbook uh, if you really want to go out and, and get names. But when you when you bring up you know the Belichicks and and sure Johnson out of out of Detroit, but I mean look at the the what's maybe the regression that we're seeing from Jared Goff. Uh, how, how likely does that make his his uh, him getting a head coaching job? Um, they have named their interim, um, I guess people. Uh, Giff Smith is going to be he's the outside linebackers coach, similar to where uh, Antonio Pierce's job was. Uh, but he's been named the interim head coach. And then Jojo Wooden, um, player uh, director of player personnel, is now the interim GM. But when you look at the head coach for next year, they do have Kellen Moore on that staff. And he interviewed around, and nobody was willing to give him a head coaching job. The offense has looked good. Um, would you entertain him? Or in a division-type move, I'm still going to look over to Washington. I'm not going to look at Rivera, but I'm going to look at Biennemi. And you're talking about a guy who has knows the AFC West, has direct intel. This feels like you're, you know, when the Broncos brought in uh, Frank Clark. This feels like that kind of a, but you're bringing in the enemy who knows the offense insides and outs in Kansas City. Um, first off, uh, let me just start with Spano's words. Uh, they're hollow, man. They're, you know, I, I, I was letting you read it, but it's laughable to sit here and say he's going to use the words we're going to maintain a championship culture or what? What's been championship? This is the same guy. He said establishing and maintaining. Uh, well, he ain't maintaining. He can't even establish it, man. This is the same guy that Marty Schottenheimer won 13 games. They went 13 and three that year. Don't tell me what year. I don't know what year it was. 14 and two, make 13. Lost to the Patriots. So basically, during a dynasty run with the Patriots, Spano Dean damn near ran him out of town. Didn't want Lawrence. Like, you're the Chargers outside of Dan Fouts and Winslow, okay? Junior say I'll rest his soul. It starts getting thin of players in that organization that when we talk about player loyal, uh, you know, royalty, the Chargers. So when Antonio you get to so, so when and Antonio Gates, but under his watch too with Antonio Gates, my next point is on LaDainian Thomas, man. He let him just leave and go play. LT was one of he's a bad boy. He just let him go and retire. Go ahead and go. He sat on his ass while he watched everybody go to San Diego, California, go in the old dump that's Qualcomm and take over and did nothing about it. There was rumors about expansion. There was rumors about uh, NFL wanting to get to Vegas. There was rumors about wanting to give back to L.A. And what did Dean Spano do? He sat on his ass until he got cornered in and had to go, go, go bed cronky to be a tenant. So to me, so that's how I feel about his words or whatever. He's part of the problem. So to your next point about the candidates, well, first of all, the brother Johnson, uh, that's my man's name, right, from Detroit? Yeah. He, he, I, we can mark the tape. He's, he's the hottest new commodity that's going to be in this coaching search. 
and and how golf plays down the stretch, I don't think that's going to kill too much. I mean, golf, if anything, golf was already dead man walking when he got to Detroit. I mean, it's guys like Dave Campbell and Johnson who really got into him and elevated him to a play where it kind of changed their plans. Now, yes, he's backsliding. He's hit a wall these last few weeks, but they could lose out the next few games and Johnson's still going to have a head, going to have multiple uh, coaching interviews if he wants to. So, but with that said, and then you bring up Bienemy. I'm going to tell you, Eric Bienemy. From what I've heard, and and you know, because a lot with Eric's been like, hey man, here's a successful African American coach. You can't get a job. You know what's going on? He's been interviewed. Nobody want to hire this brother. Well, coming to find out the research I've done and the word of the mouth, this brother is basically nobody really basically gets along with him. Even the brothers on the team. So there's a reason why Eric Bieniemy this had, and I've always said he must interview horribly. So Eric Bieniemy. You know, I anticipate there's going to be a clean house sweep in the nation's capital, too. Okay, not just in the White House, but maybe on the commanders as well, too. And that could include Eric Bieniemy. But I will tell you this, bring it full circle. I don't believe the Chargers are in a situation where they can roll the dice on a first year head coach. If you're not going to go big game hunting, then you've got to get a coach that's been at least a head coach before. You've got to get somebody in there that's going to be a leader of men. And again, the two coaches that are in that division makes a difference and is a burden on your hire. It is, man. Trust me. If you're talking, there's only four teams in a division. So you cut that in half and two of them are future Hall of Famers. You're up against it right there. Now, you got the quarterback, which some people think is either overrated or gets enough credit. I think he's OK. I know we've had on Facebook a lot. I've got those questions like, hey, why isn't Justin Herbert getting, you know, basically criticized? AC, I've, I've, I've had her in my ear talk about I don't know about that here. I'm like, Herbert can play, man. I think it's the coaching. I think you look at a game like last night and you see just what kind of tape Herbert has been on a on a on a bad situation out there. Yeah, but I don't think what I saw last night. I don't even, I don't know if it's sixty three with Herbert down there. They they damn near get shut till they get going. But that ain't that's bigger than Herbert. What you saw last night that ain't got a damn thing to do with Herbert not playing. That that right there was a team that. You know, it's crazy because they lied in front of the camera afterwards. Oh, some you know Khalil man. Oh, we still believe in coach. We believe yeah blah blah. No, you don't. Look how y'all went and played. That's why I had in the docket that I'm interested to see how New England plays for Bill at home at Gillette with a team like Kansas City coming in after what we've heard the news circulating, even though it's everybody and their mom's been anticipating a split up between Bill and, and Robert Kraft. But how does his players respond going out there in the same situation the Chargers in, knowing that you're probably not going anywhere to the playoffs? You know, New England has, what, three wins on the season at this point. So... Um, no, I believe, in my opinion, you got to get a coach that's done it before. But I think you got to go big game hunting. But the question is, I'm putting in Dean Spano. Are you going to put? Are you are you ready to pay that money? Because you talk about the fans have earned it. Oh, the fans have deserved it. They say, well, show them, Dean. Go give Harbaugh an offer he can't refuse. You got L.A. working for you besides the tax situation. Call Robert Kraft up. Call Bill up. You might have to give some control up to Bill, which is probably his downfall in New England. But call Robert Kraft and say, hey, man, you want to do a trade? You need some pick? I, I want Bill. You, you need to go big, hand, big game hunting with Andy Reid and, and Sean Payton in the division. I mean, I think, I think in the NFC West, 
you can say you got three potential Hall of Fame coaches in the NFC West. Pete Carroll, McVay, and Kyle Shanahan. The problem is, I, I, I think, don't be surprised, I think Pete Carroll, he might be one of those surprise mutual partners at the end of the season, too. That looks like that's ran a road. And, you know, hindsight 2020, I would ask people to revisit that Denver Bronco and Russell Wilson trade now and see what people think. Because if you have, because if you have Sean Payton right when that Russell Wilson trade is, I don't think that trade gets killed the way it is. And if you look at it right now, the way it's playing out, Denver might have won on that trade. Because I ain't heard Noah Fant's name all season. Besides when I'm looking at the TV and he shows up in the red zone, Drew Locke can't man. I mean, he's had his bright spots, but Shelby Harris ain't even on the team anymore. He's with the Cleveland Browns. Some of the picks that they have done, I mean, you look at it. I mean, I know Tyreek Woolen is UTSA's own, family-owned, but if you look at those picks in some of them corners, they look like they backslide. Now, I think it could just be a sophomore, so we don't know. But the bottom line of it is is that Pete Carroll might remove. So you have one, to my point, you have the division right there. You say you got two future Hall of Fame coaches. I think Sean McVay's on his way if he continues to want to coach instead of going to the booth. And I think Kyle Shanahan, without a doubt, is going to end up there uh, where his daddy should already be. And that's a whole other point. Uh, but when you start looking around the division, what divisions can you really say you got all two Hall of Fame, at least one or two Hall of Fame coaches in the divisions? If you look at the landscape of the NFL. Um you you'd have to wonder, you know. Now there's some you might project. Say, okay, we'll be the only ones I'm willing to project right now at the top of the dome in the NFL for Yellow Jackets as coaches would be Kyle Shanahan and McVay. <clears throat> that doesn't mean that I'm going to be right. That those only two that come McVay out. In then I'd put Harbaugh in, and I think Tomlin's a shoe in. That's fair. Good call. Rep for the North. Good one. There's two of them. But the point of it is, the it matters. You, you, it matters that what you got up against you and your division coach. But we'll see what Dean does. When we get back, the Dallas Cowboys are traveling to Buffalo Orchard Park. Definitely want to talk about that and have the question is, can this offense travel? We'll get into it when we get back. You're listening to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Spin the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. 
From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. <laughs> 